Episode 162 Hellabass podcast. This one's for the co-anglers. Whether you're a co-angler, a boater, team fishing, I think there's still some things you can learn here. Enjoy the episode. This week, the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle, Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. Tonight, we are going to talk about co-angling and how co-angling is not all luck. And there's a lot of technique and deliberate intention and success that goes into good, consistent co-ing litters. And we're going to talk all about that tonight on Hella Bass Live, presented by Arsenal Fishing and boosted by Powerhouse Lithium. And uh, I've got a little bit of co-angler experience, but I'm going to bring in somebody that's got a lot more relevant current co-angler experience and uh, have them chime in as well. What's going on, Kason? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kason is going to be our subject matter expert tonight. Uh, he's got uh, a pretty good track record recently on the co-angling side here in Minnesota, and I thought it'd be fun and, and current with a lot of the, the, the talk we've had about in, in tournaments that I've recapped lately that the state tournaments for the TBF and Bass Nation. I mean, I guess we'll just get right to it. Kason's won both of, both of them out of the back of the boat. Um, so, he, he holds both the TBF in Minnesota Bass Nation co-angler championships in minnesota at the same time i don't know if that's been done before but if it has it's been a while and yeah, then uh, he time. also won the tbf toc last year so he's back to back tbf toc champ and then he holds both the titles this year so uh clearly it's not a chance or accident that you've won uh three pretty major tournaments in a row from a co-angler plus plus some other stuff um so yeah, we're gonna get into that. Yeah, not we'll, we'll save AJ for another time. I got a, a different kind of show uh, that I'm thinking about for AJ, but uh, this is more relevant current. AJ's got AJ's an assassin out of the back of the boat as well. So uh, well, that'll be probably a future as well. Clubmate Bob checking in. I fish with Bob on Lahamadu. Oh yeah, Bob's the best. Sounds like uh, audio and video is good, rocking and rolling. Thanks everybody tuning in. It's good to be back and live on Wednesday night. Consistent. Mm-hmm. We did a whole bunch of shows last week. So, what do you what have you been up to since uh, you've been fishing since since Leech, or what have you been up to? You know, I've been fishing a little bit. Um, I fished that weekend a little bit, and then I had my last Wednesday nighter of the year last Wednesday. Um, I haven't been back out since. I've been working a lot. Um, I'm a tennis coach in the summer, so I've been working. Um, but yeah. I'd, want to get back out there soon for sure probably this weekend a little bit right on right on so maybe like just a little bit of background how what got you into fishing and we'll kind of work up into this this coast up but what what got you started yeah you know um it's for me it was a little bit different than a lot of people um i never had really anybody in my family uh that was really into it that brought me into it i i believe if i remember correctly um 
it was the uh, old Bassmaster ESPN days that did it for me. Uh, sure, just Adams. watching it ESPN two in the mornings. Exactly. Yep. 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 That was yeah. Definitely the heyday for me was back then and watching that. And I just I kind of knew right away that I was like, wow, this is this is crazy. I really love this. And um, got to shout out my dad too because then after I showed all that interest, he uh, did a whole lot of research and found a junior bass club for me to join. And uh, you know, kind of the rest is history with that. So was that was that Stellar back in the day that you joined? Yeah, so it was the the junior version of Stellar. It was Stellar yeah. um, Bassinators, it was called, but it yeah. was it was uh, kind of it started. Stellar was the adult league, but um, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we blame Jeff Nelson. Yes, exactly. We definitely blame Jeff Nelson. He, uh, if it wasn't for him, for sure, I would not be here at all. I mean, the, the amount of times he brought me out and helped me out and and just got me into tournament fishing in general. Um, yeah, I would not be here at all if it was not for, for Jeff Nelson. Right yeah. Nice job, Derek. Congrats. Yeah. It's a fun tournament. So you started in the, the juniors mm -hmm. and then that progressed into the high school, I assume? Or? Yeah, sort of. So I, I fished the high school uh, right, kind of right when I was getting into high school is when high school really started. Um, uh yeah like right when i was my freshman year was like the first year that it was really getting big uh, and i did that and then we actually moved to florida um, my sophomore year of high school and so i kind of got out of that um and then i went to college after that and kind of haven't really been fishing much um but i've been back in minnesota since 2020 and i've been kind of getting after it pretty hard since then very cool yeah so you, you said you're fishing a wednesday league is that just like a local league or yeah it's actually the nbaa um affiliate um wednesday night league um this year we're kind of down on on boats uh we only had like five or six usually last year we had closer to 10 but um it's a fun group of guys um and you know for just a wednesday night or a few hours it's it's a good time cool nice and then uh, do you, is, that, is that your club or is there a club on top of that you're fishing in? Or Yeah, I fish Stellar. Uh, Stellar is like my club officially that I'm able to mm -hmm. qualify for these uh, TOC events like the Bass Nation and all that. Um, so I, I fish uh, out, out of the back of the boat as well um, in our Stellar stellar tournaments. Mm -hmm. well, do you fish? you have a boat you fish in in the league night then? or um, I, I'm, I'm fishing that with a buddy, my buddy Caleb Seeger and I. Uh, okay so that's a team deal right yeah sure yeah doing so that for and, a few years go out and rock the stratus everyone, everyone yes, exactly. yeah i love that i love that thing man. a lot of good got a lot got a lot of good memories in that boat for sure cool so yeah so last year uh you fished the tvs state um did, did and uh that was up on vermilion so that was a primarily did you weigh all smallies in that one for two days um, i did not actually um okay first day i did um second day um was with uh my boater and i we we hit them hard in the morning and wasn't really getting much going uh we ran all the way west uh around 10 o'clock and caught a few largemouth to kind of get our five limit and then come back east uh around midday again so a lot of running on that day too but i think i weighed uh two largemouth that day Nice. Okay. Oh, Greg, another co-angler extraordinaire. Looking to get oh, some yeah. tips. Oh, yeah. Good to see you, Greg. Greg Greg's got a pretty good co-angling resume as well himself. Oh, he sure does. Yes. Yes, he does. Um, 
So then fast forward this year, the TBF state was at uh, Hastings, Mississippi River, in which we fish with each other day one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that was the first time I, I think we've probably seen each other at tournaments, probably mm-hmm. said hi, but never really had like really gotten to know each other. Um, yeah. So we got to spend the day each other in that. Bad on me. I don't have that video edited yet. Otherwise, you could see some of case in in action on that. <laughs> but uh, we we comboed it a little bit. We spent most of the morning kind of fishing main river stuff, and then went in the backwaters late. Um, I think you had one when we went in the backwaters, and I had zero. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Which was that was like it was for pretty much everybody in that tournament. Was it was not an easy not an easy go by any means. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that, that was the river fishing. So like you got way up north lake, mixed bag. And then we, you know, fast forward to the river um, and completely different fishing down there than Vermilion. Oh, yeah. uh, mixing it up. Mixed bag there as well. Or no, wait, eh, yeah, I guess you do get, you you weighed one Smalley, right? The, um, the Hail Mary Smalley. Yeah, yeah, the Hail Mary Smalley. Yeah, that was that was a, a fun moment for sure. Yeah, That'll be, that'll be good. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the one thing that I noticed in our day fishing together that you really just as adept with a spinning rod and light line as you are with a big rod and braid, like that it was kind of a split on how you caught your fish the day we were out. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. That's something uh, I've really worked hard on uh, is just versatility. Um, I, that was going to be my number one tip for co-anglers is being versatile. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely love throwing a, a frog and a swim jig and flipping a little bit, but I'll, I'll definitely pick up that spinning rod as well. I've got no problem with that either. And the other thing I would say in the day that we were fishing, you were pretty good about testing, I don't want to say other lures or other bites. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I guess when we were in the main river, we were kind of doing the same thing. We were kind of fishing rocks and current. There wasn't a lot of options um but once we went in the backwaters even though we both got a frog bite pretty quick and we both got keepers on it you kept the swim jig thing honest the whole time right you're kind of searching for that other bite and see if there's something versus just frogging behind me which you were going to get some bites but it maybe wasn't you were kind of testing is there something where i could like maybe blow this thing open or find another bite and kind of give myself more options is that something you're doing all the time or how do you how do you balance that like how do you decide to like follow or fish right behind somebody versus trying a different water column or the other side of the boat or what's your uh, theory on that yeah no that's a great question um i definitely like to just mix it up um but I also really like to to try to differ myself a little bit from the boater, whether that be casting angles or lures or whatever it is. Um, and just knowing that, you know, I got an eight hour day and I only need five bites. Um, so I'm willing to kind of to kind of experiment and um, I'll spend some time on some stuff that may or may not work, but um, I'm willing to try it. Um, and that that's kind of what happened that day. You know, I, I, I kept the, the swim jig uh, honest and, it only resulted in, in one fish that day, but the next day when I had that much bigger bag, the vast majority of those fish came on that swim jig. And um, that one fish the day one kind of gave me an idea that that was something I could keep keep trying. And that next day was was the day that they wanted to eat that. So, um, yeah, definitely just trying to 
to be different than than the pro, but also not being uh, too not having too big of an ego to to switch over if the pro is doing something that's just a lot better than than what you're doing mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big fish. I don't remember if it was a big fish for both of us, but it was definitely your big fish. It was definitely one of the bigger fish on day one that you caught. Yeah, it was. It was, it was my big one on on day one. Yeah, I only got the one bite, but it was it was the the big the biggest one I had that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, how do you do? You do I guess coming into tournaments, how much prep do you do as a co angler? Do you just go in with like kind of some basic knowledge of the the, the river or lake or body you're fishing and just kind of see what the boater does or do you do you do do you watch videos do you do look up forums reports like what what level of research are you doing as a co-angler yeah i do a lot of research um i i like to be as familiar as i can be with that that body of water um and then just to know like a big part of that is is tackle because i can't bring everything so i kind of want to know um what goes down there um and then I'll, I'll try to still have a lot of stuff to where I can be versatile, but I'm not going to just bring everything I own pulling up at a, right. at a, at a place. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do a lot of research, whether that's maps, uh, look, look a lot at Navionics, but also um, just Google, Google Earth and, and stuff like that. And um, just talk with people. Um, yeah, just I, I really just like to get as good of an idea as I can about wherever I'm going and uh, Luckily now I've, I've been to the vast majority of these big tournament lakes anyway. So I kind of already have an idea. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely, definitely do a lot of research. Sure. <clears throat> and as far as tackle prep, do you have like, I forget what you brought in. I don't feel like you brought a ton of stuff. I feel like it was a pretty compact bag. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you have like certain stuff that's always in your bag? And then like, you kind of build a custom box for where you're going. Like, how do you approach tackle? Like, how do you decide what's like always in your bag versus the stuff that you kind of rotate or like you build custom boxes for certain fisheries, but there's also, you always got like Senkos and shaky heads. Like what's your approach for like tackle prep? Yeah, no, um, I'll definitely, for the most part, I'll kind of select what I'm doing based on where we're going. But I, I'll definitely at the same time have like a few of my confidence baits and stuff, usually soft plastics that I'm not going to leave the house without. Um, but I will definitely a couple of days before the tournament put together a bag uh, for wherever I'm going. So I definitely do not bring the same stuff to each tournament. Uh, my backpack looked very different on that river tournament than it did um, when we went to Leech, for sure. Vermilion sure. was more of a difference. Vermilion was just nothing was almost the same as the river right yeah and you knew you're gonna break off about a hundred of them yeah uh, exactly. yeah extra net head for sure <laughs> extra extra yeah yeah so leading into that as well uh what, what what's how how do you what's your target number of rods or like what's your min max and your target yeah anywhere from i've never brought more than seven um and I'll bring as few as like four. A um, couple of the days on leech, I probably could have brought two and been fine. I literally didn't touch the other five, but I'll, I'll at least have five or six um, just in case. You never know what kind of switch somebody can make. Um, but yeah, I would say anywhere from five to seven uh, is a good range. I think more than seven is is kind of an inconvenience for you, and it's it's an inconvenience for your boater as well to for you to bring like 10 rods in my opinion but yeah that's 
doesn't so really matter. I assume you have 10, 12, 15 rods, and then so you're just putting some, right? Some are some are just kind of sitting on the bench, and they get yeah. start on like right like. Yeah, right. I probably I probably have like nine or ten maybe that okay. are like ready to go, ready to go, and I probably bring like six or seven on game day. Sure. Yeah. What's what's your mix? Like, do you always have a spinning rod no matter what? Like, what what what's your? Yeah. Um. You know, it depends. You know, if we're gonna be fishing offshore, I'll have like two or three. Um. But if I'm gonna be up in up in the slop, I'll maybe bring one, and that's just. You know, you're you're gonna have the wacky rig rod. You're always gonna bring the wacky. Yeah. Rig. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna bring something where I can throw a wacky rig drop shot ned rig just in case if things go very poorly for me um or if we decide to get out of the slop or whatever like i'll have that rod but um if we're at a place that that i know i'm going to be offshore like last year on vermilion i definitely had three uh both days says a you knew you were going to be doing it a lot and b you knew that you were going to break off a lot so you could yeah. like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like yeah. if i'm in a good spot i'll just keep breaking them off and then retie when we're yeah. going to like the next spot or something like yeah. that i had one bait that was uh doing the vast majority work for me and i had two of the exact same ones tied on um sure and i would just just because of that just because breaking off so much and i was using a bait that is not super great at staying out of the rocks either but it was getting bit so well that i just didn't really want to make a change so i just i just dealt with it and went through a lot of went through a lot of lead that day Sure, sure. All right, so then let's see here. And I guess, so day one, the rib we kind of talked about, and I kind of did a deep dive, and I, I got a previous live about that, and I'll have a video coming out. But um, day two, you were mostly almost all swim jig braid set up, right? You kind of, I mean, you, you probably did some other things, but I think you caught pretty much all the fish you weighed on a swim jig early and and often on the, on the yeah. swim jig on the river yeah um i did i i caught most of my fish on the swim jig but the two big ones were frogging actually so okay uh, if it wasn't for those nice. it, the bat the bag would have looked a lot different but um the uh quantity was on the swim jig uh early mm -hmm. and it happened very very fast um kind of one after the other for about 30 30 minutes to an hour um and then that bite kind of slowed down um, with the sun coming up a little bit more, um, that kind of went away. And that's when I brought the frog out and caught the two big ones. So, yeah. Slowing down a little bit behind the speedster, I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Brian wants to know, what's your favorite frog? What's your go-to frog? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I've been, I'm not a huge frogger, uh, which is funny because, I mean, most of my fish or pretty much all my fish on leech for frogging. Um, but um, I really like the Terminator, the junior size. I think that bigger one, I just, it's kind of clunky maybe. Uh, I like the smaller one. But I also like the Booyah Pad Crasher actually. It's a bit of a cheaper one, but I found that uh, I really like the plastic and how soft it is compared to a lot of other frogs. Um, my hookup ratio has always been good with that one. And uh, yeah, the uh, pad crasher was uh, the one I was using this summer for the most part. Um, yeah, but I like the Spro, Spro ones as well. Um, but yeah, I'm still starting to kind of expand all that. Um, I've never, I've always liked frogging. I mean, who doesn't? But it's never been like my uh, my go-to deal. But uh, definitely, definitely liked it this summer for sure. 
Yeah. If you don't like Frog and just stop watching, yeah, you're not exactly. allowed to watch the stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just kidding. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always said the Booyah is probably the best bang for the buck frog. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's the best frog, but for the dollar, it's it's right up there. Um, and it's one that you can get like at a Dick's, at a Walmart, like in a pinch. Like if if you get on a bad run of dogfish and pike, yeah, and they yeah. eat through all your spros or whatever, like you can always find a pie crasher and feel like you're not like at a big disadvantage. So. That's actually why I use that one at Leech. Um, shout out to Swanson's Bait and Tackle in Hackensack, Minnesota. I made a last-minute run there the day before the tournament uh, and bought a few more. Um, and that's what they had. And they had the color that I liked, the kind of at least the tint that I was using, and uh, or similar to the color I was using, and bought a few of those and caught pretty much all my fish on that. So shout out Swanson's sure. Bait and Tackle. Uh, yeah. Here's lots of chat about Painter Dude. I did see Painter Dude in uh, Brendan's Instagram chat one or two nights ago, so I can confirm that he is alive. Maybe he's just busy painting. I don't know, but uh, I did see him in the Instagram chat. <laughs> uh, you got that? Uh, I guess I didn't really pay attention. Do you have a, an eclectic set of rods and reels? Is it kind of a hodgepodge? Or are you kind of dialed in on something? I didn't really pay attention. No, it's a complete hodgepodge. Um complete hodgepodge some of them i've been kind of using since before like i went to college and stopped fishing a lot and a lot of them are i just bought one or two a year and i'll i really like buying them in person so i because i really i like feeling like the tip and the action and everything and i just i hate buying them online if i don't know that brand specifically um so yeah right now it's just a hodgepodge i mean i've got every brand and it's basically just if i like the feel of it or not when i'm in the store buying it but um sure yeah i've got pretty much everything you can you can imagine did you did you spool up that tatula sv yet um you know i did yes i did i'm using that uh, i'm cranking with it and i like it a lot um i had a different one that i was on was on my frog rod that actually broke day one of the mm -hmm. leech tournament um on that four and a half pounder i caught it started stripping off and when like whenever that would swim off, it would start stripping and I tried fixing it and it's, it's a no go. So, um, interesting. Cause I had only been using it a couple of months, uh, jerking it out of some pretty thick rice and stuff, but still, I mean, only a couple months in, but so was it, it was that Tatula that broke. It was the same exact reel that, uh, that I got oh. at, at the river, but just, it was like the bigger, it was a one bigger size. It was just a little bit. Yeah. Not the 70. I was like, I, I don't know if I, it would be enough line for me to make up a cast I'd want to make on a 70. Yeah, I know. I've, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a good question, Pickleball. You know, um, I do not. Uh, I do not. But um, I played before, and uh, the similarities are uh, they're pretty, they're definitely pretty similar, and you can, you can carry over your skills from from tennis over to pickleball pretty easily i don't know about vice versa but uh, yeah pickleball is a, it's fun real fun i feel like you cannot drive by a tennis court without seeing people playing pickleball though. oh I, I didn't know that anybody still played tennis you just i know, see man. Pickleball I know. Yeah. might be out of a job actually when I, talking about leech i was like fishing oh, yeah. near the walker access yeah. and that was all pickleball yeah like all the time there yeah i thought you'd say that yeah i noticed that as well it was super busy a couple of the days i drove by um after weigh-in just a ton of people out there all right we're gonna get a quick 30 seconds from one of our partners and then we're gonna get into leech a little more a little little deeper here 
Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process, from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. You can ask Hella Bass. He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. So when you uh, start, just a reminder that when you start running, you know, rolling over all these massive co-angler winnings into your future home, you can give Aaron a call. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's a super profitable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, from the great, river, yeah. and it's just a reminder of how how lucrative tournament fishing is. Yeah, it's, yeah, oh, right. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna need a lot more of those. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> um, so getting into leech. Um, so did you practice for Leech with anybody in your club or anything? With I Caleb practiced or? Sunday. Yeah, I, pr okay. I practiced Caleb on Sunday. Yeah. Was only so day. was he, did he go out and chase green ones or brown ones in practice? What was his, what did you guys do that day? We went, uh, we went smallmouth fishing uh, the first two thirds of the day and then went up shallow. Like I think 99.9% .9 of the people did because of how rough it was. Yeah. And so. Going into the pre-tournament meeting, what were what was your mindset like? What were you hoping your draw was going to be? I, you know, I I was really hoping that we weren't going to be smallmouth fishing. I'll say that, and uh, that that played out um, exactly how I thought it would uh, in the tournament. Um, yeah, I I, I didn't want to be one of those guys uh, out in the middle of the lake while somebody was scoping smallies off boulders. For sure. And so all three of your guys, all three days, fish largemouth? In the same bay. I, I, I never uh, I never left a half-mile stretch all three days. Really? Yeah. So who, you fish steamboat or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to stop overlooking steamboat. I always run past it and go to like sucker and boy. I feel like I better start learning steamboat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's not massive. Um so you can you can definitely figure it out in about a day i'd say a practice you can figure it out um but i will say that there's a lot of dead water in there as well um they're in or they're, maybe they're not in, dead but like yeah not, way less productive yeah. like you're yeah. like scr mm -hmm. scratching out a couple bites yeah yeah but yeah when you do right, get uh, on them in there you're on them like they're yeah. thick in there yeah. i think yeah yep exactly i mean yeah when i say dead i don't mean completely dead i mean like leech dead which is like you're getting a few bites and stuff and it, it's all right but once you're once you are like in the right stuff you'll know it pretty quick um this section was a little bit deeper as well that we were in um it just kind of looked a little bit different than the rest of it um and yeah they were they were in there in there pretty tight so you basically frogged and flipped or did you just frog frog like yeah i uh Frog and flipped the first two days. Um, all my big ones came frogging. I think all six I weighed the first two days were frogging. And then day three is when the swim jig came back. And I caught that five pounder on the swim jig. And hmm. a, few other, okay. a few other good ones too. I think two out of three, or if not all three, day three were swim jig fish. Do you think that was a, 
the difference in the water, a pressure or the weather? Like what, what do you think the swim jig played on day? I mean, I wasn't fishing on day three cause I suck. So um, <laughs> I wasn't right. out there. I was driving home. So, um, you know, I'm not really sure. I think that one of the deals was that I, that third day I was fishing a little bit different area than the first two days. Um, it was okay. a little bit more sparse, uh, isolated stuff. And I was just making real long casts, uh, with that swim jig to this isolated stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's, it was, so it was a little bit different stuff. I was fishing the first couple of days. It was a lot thicker to where um, you're not really going to get a swim jig through all that stuff all that effectively. Um, yeah. And I'll, at that point, it's all about being efficient um, and really just flipping and frogging is by far the two most efficient things to be doing in that that general area when it's that thick. So what what would what was your approach? Flipping and frogging besides somebody else that was flipping and frogging. Like yeah. color, areas, longer cast, shorter cast, slower, faster. What, what, what did you try to do? Yeah, um, a lot of it was cast distance. Um, I was throwing into stuff that my boaters, I don't think, were really willing to throw into because it was so thick. Um, and I was just had the mentality that um, I might get this fish back out, but I probably won't. But I'll never get that bite if I don't try. Um, and luckily for me, day one, I fished almost completely clean. Got pretty lucky with a couple of them to get them back. Um, day two, I, I had the bites to, to have another 11 or so pound day. Um, but those fish came off that day, um, which is, I mean, that's the game you're playing when you're frogging and as thick as stuff as, as we were. Um, and then day three was pretty similar as day one to where I, I didn't, I wasn't completely clean, but um, I think the big ones I did get, but yeah, I think definitely just the, the length of cast and being willing to kind of get into the jungle, so to speak, is kind of what I was going for those first couple of sure. days. So you, you were mostly fishing the rice, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. yeah. I have the same mentality. Like you don't catch a hundred percent of the fish that you don't, hook or get yeah. to bite like if you never get to bite you're never going to catch them so i'm yeah. not afraid whether it's skipping a jig into something super thick or over posts or throwing over a lift or making super long casts where i'm just like listening to see if something hits my frog like mm -hmm. yeah. um how did so you the first day you weighed what uh 1095 1090 in the 10 three fish 10.95 mm -hmm. so almost a four pound i mean three and a half, three and three quarter pound average. And what did your boater weigh the first day? Oh, uh, he had like 11 or 12. So you basically tied him with three fish to his five. Yeah. Uh, and he caught a big yeah. one late too. He, he only had like a six, seven pound limit for a while. Um, and then caught a decent one and then a big one late um, that kind of salvaged his day. So day two on the river, you had a bigger bag than your boater day one at toc you had a bigger bag for all i mean you would have so how day two go what did you weigh yeah i only had i had like seven and a half day two uh which could have easily been like six and a half i cut a three pounder in the last 30 minutes that probably sure. won me that tournament looking back on it uh because i would have had like six and some change maybe i was catching just as many fish as day one but there were most they were all like 15, 16 inches. Yeah. Um, and then I did get one really, really big bite. Um, it was like a five pounder that came off about halfway to the boat. Um, that one mm. hurt real bad. And then another one was 
I didn't see it, but it felt big as well. Um, but yeah, again, that's just the game you're playing when you're throwing frogs and about the thickest cover you could possibly imagine, which is the rice. How'd your motor do day two? Yeah, he had like 13. Yeah. Yeah. He had like 13. Okay. So you were on, on par. Basically. Yeah, I think my five biggest would have been like 11 or so that day. So nothing nothing to write home about by any means. And then day three, you had another like 11 pound? Yeah, I was like 1080 or 1070. 1070. Sure. Who'd you fish with on day three? Uh, Kenny Schofield. Um, okay, yeah, he's a Schofield. good dude. Schofield maybe? Sorry. Yeah, from nice Duluth guy. area. Yeah. yeah, he's a super nice guy. He was awesome. Yeah, I was super fortunate. All three days had really, really nice boaters. Um, yeah, just awesome, awesome guys. I was very fortunate. He had a solid day, didn't he? Day three. Yeah. He uh he had like fourteen something, which was a little bit yeah. less neat because he had like sixteen plus the first two days. He was catching them. Um, yeah. And yeah, he had like four, 14 and a half, I think. Very cool. So that 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 got you the win. Uh, because uh i don't know i think greg was stuck out smally fishing on day three unfortunately <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh what that's position tough. were you in going in in day two after day two six six so you jumped five spots nice yeah 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 very fortunate to be to have been largemouth fishing every hour of of that tournament sure one of the so i don't know if you've uh ran into this or what you thought about i'm sure you thought about the scenario at least and i don't know if you have you probably ran into this a little bit somewhere i don't know if you ran into this at vermilion or anywhere else but like how do you how would you approach or when what have you done in the past where you approach with a somebody that's literally targeting fish yeah um so i have had that happen uh last year on vermilion day two uh was was like that we were fishing offshore um but I kind of had a thing going with the crankbait. I was burning a DT8, um, like as fast as I could. <laughs> and uh, day day one, they were eating it really well. Um, and I caught two three pounders day two, um, and then caught a few largemouth uh, to fill my limit out that day. Um, but yeah, I definitely thought about it. Like I I thought about it and I've talked about it. Uh, like what if I was that guy out there on leech doing that and. Uh, Man, I probably would have went through like 20 different baits. I would have tried crazy stuff. I was going to tie on like six pound fluoro to drop shot with and just something, man. I don't know. Cause, um, when, when they're, when they're like very specific on very specific boulders and stuff and you're out backed off in the middle of the lake, I mean, honestly, I really don't know, uh, what, what you can do other than just like try everything you can and, um, you know, not give up. You're out there for eight hours. You might as well just cast and cast and cast, and you might not give. Are you more? Are you more apt to try to cover water with a crankbait or a, a K Tech or something like that, yeah. or are you more apt to like bomb a Ned and just count rocks, or yeah, try both, or what? What is it? What do you think? Both, definitely both. Um, but probably more to the side of of throwing a Ned rig trap shot, really, really light line. Um, but, uh, after last year with that crankbait working out for me on Vermilion, I've, I've started using that a lot more too. Just whatever my boater's doing, I'm going to try to do something different, target a different fish and, um, 
just hope for the best. I mean, yeah, I've definitely thought about the guys out there on leech and I don't, I don't know what the perfect answer is for that. Cause I mean, that, that place is a grind out there for those, those smallmouth for sure. Yeah. I know one of the guys in our club uh, who did pretty well, he just, just missed nationals. He definitely made, he was top 10. Uh, and uh, I think two of the days he actually was mostly smallie fishing. So, like, obviously, <laughs> a tough road to hoe. Yeah. Um, and I know one of the buddies that he was one of the guys I know he fished with on day two, uh, that, that lives in my neighborhood. Um, he he was live scoping boulder fish, and Hunter was in the back and doing his thing and doing his thing, and then like, but he was fishing really hard, not fishing for his boater's fish mm-hmm. out of the back one eighty, but he was very mindful of where that boulder was and yeah. what he fished and as soon as he as soon as the boater left he would make that pitch like yeah. he would know what that cast was because he paid attention so when that boater swung and left he would make that pitch and he caught two fish after his boater gave up like his boater spent like 15 minutes yeah. on a boulder yeah. and then when he went away like he that's awesome. caught two of them so yeah um, that's impressive yeah, I, I would do that. Yeah, definitely throw something different. Uh, I would probably go smaller. Even if the guy's throwing like a really small bait, I would go even smaller, bigger, heavier, something to just fall on him really quick, try to get a reaction bite. But yeah, I mean, that, that was a great strategy because I'm not really sure all what else you could do in that in that situation. Yeah. And I know in, in practice, fishing behind banger Brian, he was watching the 2D and he did catch a couple mm-hmm. fish that like he was just like, so he'd be like, Casting a drop shot or a Kitek or a Ned, but he'd always just be like corner of his eye watching that rear sonar. And if yeah. he saw that line, he'd be like, and you yeah. know, he, he might do it 10, 20 times in a day. They might only get one or two bites. Um, it's worth it at that point. Just sure. the line, yeah. uh, so, so what is your go to? Like, obviously, it's a little yeah. bit dependent on where you're fishing and what you're doing, but like, what's the, the one rod, I guess, just like, let's just say lake general lake fishing, you would never not show up with. Yeah. Um, drop shot probably, um, unless we're real shallow or something, but if, if we're fishing a Metro Lake and we're fishing offshore a little bit, um, or, I mean, you could say that about any lake really around here. Um, if we're if we're gonna be offshore at, at all at any point, um, I'm gonna have that drop shot tied on, real light line, uh, and just go to finesse them. Um, something I'm very very comfortable and confident with. Um, it's definitely my kind of my fallback. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd, I'd say that. But again, that would depend on what we're doing. Like that goes out the window when I'm fishing rice in two feet of water, obviously. But um, right. then if I had to pick in- one wacky wacky rig as your <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah same rod and mm-hmm. setup and everything but yeah definitely sure. definitely a big big spinning rod guy from the back of the boat and what uh what's what's your go-to uh drop shots like do you like a robo worm like uh do you like it wacky do you like it straight weedless nose so like what's your what's your confidence yeah. drop shot mate you know i go through a lot of stuff um every year it seems like i've got one that really works well for me that year and i'm really all into it and then it kind of the next year it'll be something else this year and um 
I'm going to keep using it and I think it's going to work really well, but I've been using the larger uh, flatworm size for largemouth actually. Um, that one's just been absolutely killer for me. Um, and then if I'm smallmouth fishing, just the, the regular flatworm as well. Um, yeah, I've been kind of ever since it came out, I've been using them really heavy and um, I'm a big fan. Um, big Bite Baits, their new uh, Sensation Smalley Smasher uh, is a good profile as well. Like the small little minnow profiles and um, stuff like that. Cheers, Brian. Thanks for watching. What do, what do you like? Like, what's your, uh, do you like to go heavier? Are you like more of a 3 8 like a 3 16 Like, obviously, like, what, what's your yeah Preferred. um do you like are you one of the like get down quick as fast or do you like to go as light as possible whenever you can um i like to do both actually uh it just kind of depends on what i'm gonna let the fish tell me uh with smallmouth i like heavy i feel like they really respond to that thing flying past their head mm -hmm. uh, largemouth i'll go a little bit lighter especially if we're thick in the weeds but i also like to get that thing um in the weeds a little bit and kind of keep the worm out of there as well um, but if I had to pick for largemouth in the weeds, I'd say like three sixteenths. Um, I throw a lot of fourth ounce or three eighths, uh, smallmouth fishing though. Yeah, sure. Right on. And like, so is large, do you, do you like the Texas rig? Yeah. Your drop shot for largemouth and then nose yeah. hook for. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I really like, um, just like most people, the, the new red line hooks from, from BMC. Um, man, that you can't miss a hook set with those, it feels like sometimes. Um, I like the number two size uh, when I'm Texas rigging. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll either use that and just like, um, like thread, thread my bait on there if I'm smallmouth fishing, or I'll, or I'll use the nose hook one and, and do that as well. I, I did buy some of those. I haven't fished them a ton. I caught a few fish on the, like the number four and it, yeah. it pinned them really well. I haven't missed any small mm -hmm. but i really like that little clip that they come on oh yeah from a tackle yeah. organization it basically oh, comes man. on a little labeled safety yeah. pin that tells oh, you yeah. that uh you know it's a number two a number four and it's like yeah. i think is that just the drop shot or is that all their hooks that do that no they do all oh uh no it's it's just i think it's just the, drop the smaller shot finesse hooks. Uh, finesse nico i think they do that with which yeah. yeah when i first got him and i came in there that was really great for me. Uh, just co-angular perspective, it makes things a lot easier as well. Absolutely, that's that's pretty slick. I, may, oh. I might switch all my drop shot hooks to those just for the convenience of having those like labeled like that. It's sweet. I'll even put other ones on there because you can fit more on there. It comes with like four or five, but you can fit like probably a dozen hooks on one of those things. So I'll I'll throw yeah. some more on there as well. Yeah, I mean if if you you know if you go through your red lines, you could almost put some of your old like yeah. kind of if you took the time to like oh here's all my number twos put yeah. those on <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been there i did that i did that for leech nice, <laughs> I did that nice. <laughs> so what kind of uh i guess other i don't know tackle prep packing is there certain things you do with your terminal tackle you're you know are you pre-tying leaders like what kind of things do you do like sneaky things or things to make yourself more efficient or more organized or keep things compact like what are some things that you do that maybe you don't think a lot of other people think about yeah um you know i i think that uh my organization definitely could improve um but at the same time i like to keep things simple um so i'm not gonna bring like a thousand packs or something um i i 
generally believe if you have like a few different profiles and you kind of go from there soft plastic wise you're you're good um for the most part um so i like to not have a ton of stuff that way i can like grab it quick um or if i'm using one or two packs of something i'll just keep them in my pocket ready to go right away um terminal tackle wise i i only carry three little tackle boxes with me in my backpack at all times um so just like with my soft plastics and everything, I will, for each tournament, just put everything I want for that body of water in those three little boxes and, and kind of go from there. And, um, so you're saying you've got really... three little hard boxes, right? Yeah. So yeah. like one, your terminal mm-hmm. and the other two are just kind of custom for the, the day. Is that how yeah, you do Yeah. I mean, anywhere from jigs to top waters to crank baits to, I throw, I like jerk, I throw a lot of jerk baits. I got a lot of jerk baits in there. Um, but yeah, I, I do my best to keep, because I don't want this just giant backpack carrying around, and I want it to fit really well in somebody's back little compartment or on the floor next to my feet. I just don't, I don't like, I don't want to be the guy in the boater's perspective who brings like a million things. I don't want to be that guy, but I also don't want to be that guy for me either, because then you're just like, you got a million stuff and you need to go through it every time you you want to do something and. For me, it's all about making as many casts as I can. And if I'm down there, like fumbling with just a million things, then I think that's that's a negative for me. Yeah, not not all back compartments are like the the CX twenty. Oh no! Oh man, <laughs> I, I could have two of those same bags back there, and it would have been fine. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. That thing was awesome. I'm always surprised. I'm like, from my old Bass Cat. Oh yeah, which yeah. had a, a decent compartment, but like it was fine. But like there was a lot of bags that just wouldn't quite fit in there yeah i have yet to see in a bag that will not fit in, in my camus back there and it's like it looks like i was like oh i don't know and then you drop it in there it's like oh you, you can put your ring in here you can put your lunch yeah. next to it like there's, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, i've been in a lot of really nice boats um over the years doing this and uh yeah i've never seen compartment space quite like that um that was pretty kind of living in luxury out there that day it was, it was cool um do you bring your own clips like do you for fish management do you bring a scale what do you, what do you all yeah. bring for like culling and fish management what's your approach there yeah i've got my cull tags and my scale um i'm still kind of working out the best way to call um right now i just kind of throw one on the smallest couple and, and start there and then once i've got my limit maybe i'll i'll weigh them all or maybe if like there's some downtime um but again, I don't I don't want to spend a whole lot of time calling, so I try to do that pretty quickly. Um, but again, calling is is super important, especially um, when I'm doing these three fish tournaments. Uh, ounces really really count, so I don't want to make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll be thorough with it, but at the same time, I I don't want to be sitting there all day. But yeah, I've got a scale and and a few call tags. Keep it pretty simple. Okay. So how do what's what's your nourishment look like? Like snacks, water, like what? The, I don't even remember what you brought in the boat. Yeah, like, um, is, is it always the same, or do you mix it up? Or I forget. Are you like a Red Bull guy or a water guy? Or like yeah. I forget. I don't remember. Um, you know, I I, I could do a lot better uh, stopping to drink and eat and stuff. Uh, especially eat, I'll just like forget half the time, uh, and I'll end up eating my sandwich like on the ride back to weigh in or something. But yeah, I'll bring a sandwich and bottle of water and. Maybe sometimes I'll stop and get a Red Bull or something too if I'm feeling a little mm-hmm. tired. But yeah, I don't. I'm not, nothing crazy. I'll bring a small sandwich and a bottle of water, and and just we'll go from there. That's a good question from uh, Ryan here. So what? Mm. 
we can talk about our day, uh, which I think we worked pretty well together. But like, do you wait for the boater to like ask? Do you like do you plant hints? Do you offer up if you got any experience? Like, how do you approach where you? Because I'm sure you've been out there where it's like, man, I feel like this. We're just like this isn't it. Like, I'm sure it was it was it two days ago or a week ago. Yeah. But like, you just got that sinking feeling. Like, how do you approach that? And like, whether you know something or you just have an idea. Like, how do you? Yeah approach that yeah that's a great question um i think it kind of depends on you know the first little bit and like how our relationship so to speak is going and if like mm -hmm. we seem like cool and everything and you know the vibes are right and all that and um i might start dropping some subtle hints um i won't say anything like super like out there like obvious or anything but i'll i'll say some stuff like oh hey i did this and it did that or whatever but um if they ask, then I will definitely be upfront with it. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I'll kind of, it kind of depends on, on the relationship you have with the guy and how it's going. When we were out on the river, you were like, so Rich, have, have you ever fished the Long Lake area? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, that's one of my go-to, my go-to. Well, I was like, oh. as a matter of fact, uh, that's where we're going soon. Yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's one of my go-tos for sure but uh, yeah i like i like to drop those subtle subtle hints sometimes if i feel like things aren't going well and i'm very confident that we could go somewhere and it could change uh, which that's mm -hmm. been the case for me uh a few times definitely it's happened does your ring gear fit in the same bag um yeah yeah it does uh not my bibs though but I'll throw the coat in there. Um, a lot of times I wear the bibs in the morning anyway, and then I'll just put them when I'm taking them off, I'll put them in the, in the compartment and then just make sure I don't forget them when I leave. But yeah, pretty much everything will fit in there. Um, just one backpack and a bunch of rods and uh, yeah, for the most part. So yeah, well, I guess what do you what do you think you weigh? I guess maybe a little better. Like, what do you think you weigh your most fish on, or what which which rod do you find or your setup that's in your hand most often? I guess. Uh, this year I would say that swim jig. Uh, over the years, uh, some finesse type spinning rod. Um, Vermilion was a Ned rig for the most part, um, and then years past, I've kind of always fallen back on some sort of finesse thing and but a lot of that has to do with just the lakes we fish and if if it's more of a lake that sets up for that then that'll be in my hand um mm -hmm. pretty much the whole day yeah yeah brendan uh, most of our bass nation tournaments up here the co's have a three fish limit while the boaters have a five fish <clears throat> uh, that's the way they do it in the Bassmaster opens as well yeah, I guess how much communication in a draw tournament where you know do yeah. you do ahead of time? Yeah, you know, I'll, I I always try to reach out, especially like, hey, where do you want to meet uh, kind of thing? Uh, what time do you want me to be there? Um, but also the biggest question I like to ask is, so like you don't have to tell me exactly what we're doing, but what's like a general idea of what we'll be doing so I can get an idea of what tackle to bring? Um, so that's a big part of my preparation for sure. Um, I. Uh, a couple times I've gone into tournaments not really knowing, uh, and it's it's kind of bitten me a little bit. So I, I definitely like to know uh, at least broadly 
what what we're about to do so I can be ready for for that. And but other than that, I just yeah figure out what time I need to be there and what I should bring. Really, you don't ask them like what flavor beef jerky or <laughs> like anything like that. Like yeah, them up. Right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good good point. I should think about that. that. Cool. Cool. <clears throat> Um, just a quick reminder here that uh, there are the codes for Arsenal Fishing and Omnia down below. Still got about two weeks to use your Omnia code for the month. Then it'll obviously refresh again in September. But um, I guess one of the things that I really like that has come out this year from uh, Arsenal is their bait wraps. I don't even know if I had these or maybe I was just starting to use them for the river maybe. I just got my first set. But uh I assume that you're when you're when you like on your GTA, so you keep them wrapped up like as a. I, mean, I, I feel like as a co, these. I mean, I think they're important for everybody, but as a yeah. co, I got to think like the last yeah. thing you want to do is sink a treble hook into your boater's seat and get oh, off on the wrong foot for the I day. <laughs> I don't have those. I'm definitely gonna get them. My strategy has always been, and it's not the most efficient way, is just to tie it on when I get out there and ready to go. Uh, which is just not the best way to do that. And I do not recommend that at all. So I will definitely be making that purchase. Um, yeah. Cause I, I don't throw a lot of treble hook baits. Uh, and when I do, it's specific times and situations. Uh, I do like to jerk, throw a jerk bait a lot. So definitely need them for that and cranking and big, big walking top waters and stuff like that. Nice. Um, what's the biggest fish you weighed out of the back of the boat? Oh boy, gosh. Um, I, I fives. Think, yeah, like. I think it was that. I it might have been that that. I I think I, I had a five a, a several years ago. Um, in a in a tournament, but this was when I was like in high school. Um, but recently, I think it was that four eighty four on Leech Day three, which was a five like fifteen on my scale in the boat. In the morning when I caught it, so that's I made like a face when they weighed it. Um, and my family that is weird because I felt like their scales were hot. Oh, yeah, oh, they I really thought they were, and and I think that they were for my total, but total bag for for that fish to lose almost a half pound. Uh, it's almost like they forgot to tear the bag or they over teared or something on the bag or something, yeah, whatever. And not not that I really care, or they teared it and then didn't put the bag over the fish, maybe Maybe. or something. I don't know, yeah, I don't know, but. Yeah, that fish was what, very like pretty clearly over five, um, and uh, used my scale and was using my boater scale as well, and it was yeah it was over. Yeah, that's weird because like both days like the first I had like a three and three quarter that weighed like over four. Yeah, and then on day yeah. two I had one that was like four and a quarter that went like yeah. four seven. Yeah, well, that happened so. to me day one too. Yeah, so that's why I was surprised. And no, I don't really care, but I just wanted to say I weighed right. a five pounder in that tournament. Yeah, which. <laughs> A five pounder up Minnesota is a, is a is a darn good one. Yeah, yeah. front or back of the boat. Um, uh, what's yeah. your stance on? How do you decide? Is it standard? Is it like a flat fee, or do you kind of like judge like how much gas you're using, or how many fish you catch, or like what what's your? <laughs> Definitely not how many fish I catch. Um, I, usually, I do a standard like forty uh, for these bigger tournaments, um, and I'll do like twenty five or thirty generally for like the stellar ones I do. But like if, a smaller club tournament, like yeah, 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 sorry, yeah. So, yeah, like a smaller club tournament. Yeah. Unless we're like gonna run a lot, and then I'll give them forty as well. Um, I've given someone fifty before as well um, in like a a bigger tournament um, mm-hmm. if we're running a lot. 
couple of years ago on that TBF semi-national in Leech, I gave the guy 50 because we ran all over the way. <laughs> like, yeah, then into sucker and just all this crazy stuff. So, uh, and I caught him that day and I felt kind of bad because he was just running all over the place. So I was like, he was 50 today. But yeah. usually like 40 is my standard. Yeah, I was burning 115 to 125 bucks a day in yeah. practice and during the tournament on leech. Yeah. So it's yeah, exactly. Those big, big bodies of water definitely do more um, than than if you're just running like a mile on some small lake or something. Do you typically wait till the end of the day, or do you? Yeah, usually. But if I feel like a moment's good right away, I'll do it too. Um, sure. But yeah, yeah. But a, a few years ago, I forgot one time. And I felt really terrible about it. So every, so now it's like something that I always like think about. Um, so I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've never forgotten. So I don't I don't feel like I need to do it right away in the morning. Like I'll forget or something. But if the opportunity comes up, I'll just hand it to them. Yeah. Have you ever had a boater like demand or like request or feel like? I had one time where someone made a comment, um, even though we probably ran like a quarter of a mile that day. Um, somebody made a, a bit of a comment to me. Uh, I gave him 40 and we probably spent like 10 on gas. That and day. he was like, he makes some comments like, well, it's pretty expensive to run these rigs. That's so, like kind of the gist of it. Almost what he said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, but. Uh, so you like, we're fishing like a, a 500 acre Metro Lake and you gave him 40 bucks and he was like complaining. Well, it was it was a bigger lake, but we never ran. Okay. It. We we stayed sure. in the within like a mile of takeoff the whole time. So it's fine. I've, for the vast majority of the time, nothing nothing's ever. I'm I'm always grateful to get anything. That's my stance, and like, it is always nice to get offered something. I don't, I don't want to say like, I don't expect. I don't plan like i don't use that as a cost justification or like well i'm gonna run a long way there sure hope i get 40 bucks from my uh you know co but it's always nice to get something even if it's 20 like i understand that some people some weeks are tougher than others like it's always nice to get 20 40 bucks um so for sure yeah i think it's important just i mean common courtesy and um yeah definitely um have you ever requested this? Yes. Yeah. Leave your graphs on, or yeah. Have you had have you had co- like boaters turn them off, and then you said, "Would it be okay?" Or like, how yeah, that? yeah, yeah. And it's always <laughs> very like, hey, like no problem if this doesn't work, that's fine. But like, could you maybe keep this back one on for me? Um, and most of the time, it's all right, and it's never been an issue. Sometimes, guys, no one's ever been like malicious, but they'll say like oh i want to say battery or whatever and that's, that's kind of the <laughs> that's the classic uh yeah that's usually like bs yeah. but yeah so um i, I really it, especially if we're offshore i mean having that back graph for me uh is a big deal um even if it's just 2d just to kind of know what's going on a little bit and having mapping on there too is is a big deal as well yeah. what's up todd <laughs> todd Todd's like fish out of the back of my boat. We had a good time together in Vermilion. Nice picture, Todd. I like that. Very official, professional. There he looks. I've, I've never seen him dress this nice at the ramp. Oh, I'm never, sure. never, never. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. What are what are your long term plans? Like, do you, I assume you someday want to get a boat? Yeah. Like, what, what's what's your uh, 
what's your strategy or what's your thought yeah. process there? I, I, yeah, he, he asked that cause he's always sending me like Craigslist ads of boats and stuff. And, um, so he, yeah, I definitely, I definitely am. Um, the timeline I'm not still super sure about, um, I still live in the city. Um, I live in the city in an apartment and, um, I really got nowhere to put it right now. Um, but I am, uh, by the end of this year, I'm going to get a truck at the very least, kind of start with that. Sure. And then hopefully maybe next year get a boat, but I got to figure out where I'm going to put it. So there's a, there's a lot, a lot going in, but yes, that's definitely the goal is to, uh, just kind of start out on my own for sure. Cause, yep. uh, yeah. well, the nice about having a truck, then you got like, if you got a buddy that's, you know, like he's got a boat and like, he'd be like, Hey, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll drive. I'll tow. Like, right? Yeah, sure. yeah. No, that's a good point too. Yeah, Jack checking in here. Oh, yeah. Hey, Jack. Sweet. Yeah, that's crazy. It's been a long time. Cool. Uh, it's a good perspective from Greg, right? I mean, it's not a guide trip, right? <laughs> Tournament fishing yeah. is not a guide trip, but yeah. like, right? Like, uh, I don't know if you could find uh, an eight-hour guide trip that does be hard to find it with less than three hundred dollars, right? And you oh, would still, yeah. if you had a good guide trip, you'd probably tip. 40 50 bucks on top yeah. of that right yeah. so like um like it's a yeah you know 30 40 bucks is a pretty small price to pay to like oh, go fishing in somebody's boat for eight hours for sure so that's a good exactly. perspective greg exactly yeah that's a good point i mean that's i mean that's i mean that's always something like i, I think any kind of gesture you know uh gas money baits offer to get ice you know hey i'm a little strapped for cash but you know what i can make sandwiches like <laughs> yeah. anything that like shows that you at least like understand and like you're willing to like i understand that it's like you know sometimes it's tough and like i'm you know i'm not like desolate but it's anything that like shows like uh, a gesture of the and consideration is it goes a long way for sure oh. yep i agree and if you want to get invited back to hang out, like, like yeah. when you go fishing with your buddies, like I don't expect, like I get like my buddy, Bill, like he's always like, we usually trade. Like, I'm like, dude, sometimes you pull my boat. Sometimes we take your boat. Sometimes I like, I, I you know, like when I'm fishing with friends, I don't, I'm like, dude, no, whatever. And then a lot of times they're like trying to shove a 20 in your dash or like in your glove box and like yeah. things like that. But it's like, yeah. whatever, like, um, the fact that you're willing is enough to like, oh yeah, like you understand it and you're more likely to get invited out. Um, sure. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Well, glad you could hang out JP. Uh, the chat will be, or the replay will be here. Um, Todd says you can keep that as his parents' place. So. Oh. All right. Well, yeah. Something. Mr. Mark, aren't you glad I, I sent you that the words of encouragement to your TikTok and it worked out for you quite well, Mark. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, do you, do you, are you peeking at your fish more? Or yeah. do you not worry but, about it? Or Yeah, I definitely peek when I know I've got something in there. <laughs> when I know I'm doing all right, I'll definitely peek. Um, but I, I like to. If also, it's like one twelve and a half inch, or you're not peeking on them very no, often. You're like not as much. I'll maybe I'll look at them, but not not nearly as much. Um, but I also like to offer to check on the boaters' fish as well, and I'll look yep. at both bars. Um, just another thing to kind of help, try to be helpful a little bit too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I mean, I don't know. It just kind of depends on the if it's real hot or like whatever the condition. If we're shallow and it's hot or something, I mean, I'll check on them 
every half hour or so probably. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I definitely, I definitely like to just to, just to make sure everything's going all right. I've had some times where guys, uh, Libels aren't working right, and they don't really realize it. And I've had fish die. Well, they bumped the switch, and you didn't know it. And they yeah. didn't know it, or yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've had fish die before, um, and they, it's been like not anything like I did, or like I didn't deep hook them, and then next thing I know, an hour later, the thing's belly up, and you know things happen. So you definitely want to check check on them just to see. Yeah, but it and it's I've definitely had like. <laughs> scenarios where a co's peeked in and his fish and he's like ah oh, these fish don't look so good and it's like oh yeah like when i got up my knee bumped the switch or like uh, i don't feel like it's as much on my new boat but my old boat had more like physical switches so it was easier to like the toggle like bump it yeah um and, and like a lot of times when i'm like i guess in the, in the one we were doing it was a live way release yeah. but like i'll definitely be like sometimes i'll be wrapping up and like strapping my rods down or getting ready for the next spot and i'll be like hey Bob, hey, Kason, can you can yeah. you want to peek on our fish before we move yeah. to the next spot? Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of work together. So yeah, definitely, exactly. Okay, I think he said seven was the max he's ever taken early yeah. on. Um, well, I mean, I think I, I don't do you ask without asking. Yeah. And yeah. I've never had anyone. Like, do you want me to? I'm, I'm looking at mine. Yeah. You want me to like just peek yeah. at yours? Like, yeah. and I guess when you look at them, you don't just go. No, yeah. it's like, yeah. well, it looks like everything's good, right? Like you're just peeking. You're not like just yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I've, that's a good point, though. I've never, I've never just done it. Um, I always ask, and I've never had anyone say no. They're always like, oh yeah, sure, like, thanks, appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna open it wide open. I just kind of peek in there, see if I see any bellies, and uh, that's kind of. With the boater, that's all I'm looking for. Because again, God forbid something happens and a fish flops out or something. But yeah, yeah that's a good point. Ooh, let's try to think what else is. Uh... So I guess, I mean, if you had words of advice, like, do you think starting as a co is underrated? Like, do you think too many people like jump in and just get a boat and skip a year in a club or just one season in the BFLs or yeah. like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think there's a ton of benefit. Um, I mean, I would be nowhere near where I'm at right now if it wasn't for fishing with all, of, all these guys that are do different things and they do different things well, and just kind of learning different water. I think there's just a lot to benefit from it. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I think if you think you're ready, you feel like you're ready to, to jump to that next level. I mean, you should go for it. And maybe it doesn't work out the first year you do it. And then maybe you go back to the coast for a little bit. But um, I do definitely think there's a lot of value in being a co-angler. I mean, I've, I've learned just so much. And a big reason why I've been able to kind of be really versatile with what I what I do um, is because of that. And I kind of see it go down in, in real life and I'm a part of it. And yeah, there's a lot of benefits to being a co-angler for sure. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people hear the the horror stories or the yeah. stigma and I don't know. I think there's a lot of value to putting a season or two in from for many reasons. One, you can learn things that make you better fishermen. You can learn some of the don'ts. Like mm -hmm. you can watch yeah. some hard lessons that other oh, people yeah. take uh that that will save you heartache and and, and money. 
you get to ride in a bunch of different boats and you you quickly learn what you like and don't like about yeah. boats yeah. um yeah. i mean i think there's a lot to be said to spending a season or two as a co or mixing it up like you know maybe you yeah. fish boater in your club but then you on the side do a season as a co in a bfl or an aba yeah. or something like that yeah definitely yeah yeah, there's definitely benefit to both because I, I at the same time I, I like being a co angler, but I also think that there is times where I wish I was doing my own thing, and um, I've been at a place that I think I could do really well like on my own, uh, and I would rather be a pro if I can, but I don't have that luxury right now. So I and I love fishing, so I'll I do what I can to get out there. Sure, and I guess you. What's your mentality on the water, right? Because I know you. you like, we we kind of you kind of talked about like you really you kind of iterated that you really want to make as many presentations keep your lure wet as much as you're possible like how do you handle like that like on your shoulder right like yeah. we're not catching anything we're in yeah. dead water this is a waste yeah. of time i might yeah. as well sit down and eat a sandwich like yeah. how do you like stay focused what's your mental frame of work as far as like staying on point there's always opportunity there's always some fish like there's always something you can be like how do you like how do you manage that uh what's your yeah. approach yeah exactly i mean i really i just try to focus on what i can control because as a co-angler there's a lot that you can't really um especially when it comes to spots and and where you're at like you might be pointed out in the, the middle of nowhere on a spot or something but if you can focus on what you can control and just put your head down and work I mean, you're only out there for eight hours, really, at the most every day, um, and it's really not that hard just to 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 keep your head down and, and go. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been in plenty of situations where I felt like, oh my gosh, like if we're lucky, there's one bass and a mile of this, but I'm gonna try and catch it. So that's really all you can do. I mean, if you're if you're with someone who's very hard and fast and what they want to do, and uh, it's tough, I mean. You really all you all you can do is just focus on what what you can control and fish hard and and try a lot of different things and try to get something to stick and you'll have plenty of times where it won't work and um but that's that's part of the the learning of it as well yeah and i think it, it proves that like right i think i think uh i mean you were definitely around the fish because <laughs> you fished with the guys that finished first and second <laughs> at, yeah, in Hastings, yeah. right? So like yeah. that that was uh that was good. Right. Um, yeah. Not that there was a ton of opportunities. It wasn't like it was like it was good for that section of the river, but it wasn't great fishing. Yeah. But like I think you talked about at Leech, it sounds like the first two days, like the boaters didn't necessarily like kill it, right? No. Um and I don't know about Vermilion. I don't know who you drew, whatever. But like, I, I don't know yeah. if you drew guys that were in the top five or ten. Or like, a lot oh. of times you're making a little something extra, getting a little more out of it than. Yeah. Um, and I think you told me on the river in your club tournament, right? Like your boater had like two fish, and you caught six. Like, yeah. and it all happened really quick. Mm -hmm. And if you wouldn't have been focused all eight hours, like, yeah. exactly, you could have easily zeroed, right? If yeah. you weren't ready for that one flurry, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've had a lot. I mean, last year on Vermilion, I think I did better than both my, my pros as well. Um, but yeah, again, I mean, things can be going wrong and it's really easy to kind of get in a downward spiral, but you really got to remember that it can go down just super, super, super fast. I found, especially in Minnesota, I mean, you can get on a, on a pot of them and it happens just like immediately. You could, 
be having the worst day ever and then you can you can have your limit in like five ten minutes and that's happened to me a lot and uh it just proves that you can't um i mean like iconelli says never give up it's cliche but he's he's right in that scenario sure yeah um have you ever thought about bringing a mobile live scope <laughs> absolutely not no no definitely not <laughs> somebody said they saw one at leech but yeah well somebody did it last year on vermilion in the fall the semi-national okay. one, of our, one of our guys as a co brought it brought it um hmm. and i remember everybody was like oh my gosh this is so so like whatever this is amazing and that person didn't do very well that day and i don't know i just it seems real clunky to me and um yeah yeah i maybe i, I think it would really depend on how the guy was fishing like if you if, yeah. if you were fishing with a guy that was spot locking on something all like yeah he'd go to a spot spot lock and fish where you could like literally sit in the back and like yeah you know then this maybe happen very but if he's like running and gunning yeah and like yeah. i think it would be more of a distraction than anything yeah. Um, yeah. No, exactly. That's how as far as a boater, I, I think I said this before is like, I'd, I think I'd be okay with it under a couple things. One is be like, you're only scoping the back 180. Like, yeah. don't point it anywhere I'm going to be pointing mine. Right. right? Like, yeah. so, like, and yeah. if that's, and then like, it can't be cumbersome. Yeah. It can't slow us down during the day. Yeah. Like, when I, I say, I'm going in 30 seconds. You can't be like, yeah. I'm zipping on my life jacket and you're still fiddling with your life skills. Yeah. Like that'd be a no go. So yeah, I haven't thought about it too much. Maybe I shouldn't be so quick to dismiss it, but at the same time, it just doesn't sound super. But you're also like, I would rather save up and put that two grand into a boat. Yeah. Versus yeah. a life scope. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> another good point. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about the money part of it. That's that's a definite no. I mean, I never would, but. Um, like if somebody was like, Hey, I've got this, you can use it if you want. I'd think about it, but, um, sure. uh, I just, I don't, for the way I want to fish as a co, I don't think that really lines up exactly what I'm trying to do. I like making a lot yeah. of casts and that's yeah. not, doesn't really line up. Thanks for checking in, Ralph. Excited. You're out there. Hopefully you find some bass. Thanks for your service. Yeah. I think partner tournaments is completely different. I think you hear that more about like, yeah, you're working together. Yeah. That's different. Um, yeah. Yeah. um I did have another question here. Uh let's see here. Have you ever had scenarios where a boater is like obviously intentionally trying to keep you and is it like yeah. two scenarios, right? One where they like they're open about it, where they're yeah. like, here I, like hey I, you know, hey, I'm gonna fish this spot right here. Yeah. And I'm going to kind of like, but then later on, you know, like this is kind of a unique deal. And other times where they're just like blatantly trying to block you out, but they're not talking about it. Like, yeah. What, how do you handle that? And what kind of scenarios? And yeah, you know, uh, what's, I've never had anyone be like super outright necessarily about it, but I've also had situations where we'll be fishing a, like a, like a real specific spot. Maybe it's like a real steep drop off and they'll be nosed in on it really obvious to where it's like not at a point where it's that beneficial for them to be in that position, but they're doing it because now I'm in the back of the boat in 30 feet of water. Um, mm -hmm. I've been in that situation a lot and there's not really much you can do. I don't think really in my, I mean, I'm not going to throw it to the shoulder. Like what am I going to do? I guess. I'm going to try to catch some fish that are out here in 30 feet of water, I suppose. Um, I've had some time. Try to make like a really 
yeah like, far out angle right you're trying exactly. to clip the brake like yeah 20 yards to the left or something yeah. like that yeah. yeah exactly yeah you you can do whatever you can um but i mean or an ass be like do you would you are you okay if i try to like yeah go yeah. over here right like yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna like yeah. i'm not gonna be up here but i want to like try to get out yeah. right like or yeah. like are you gonna fish this to the right or the left i'll, I'll try if you're gonna go to the right i'm gonna try to like yeah. bomb to the left or something like yeah. that yeah and I've, I've done that too it's all about communicating um and some guys will tell you no and that's that's it i mean that's their right um i in my opinion i don't think they can actually tell you no i think they'd be like i could i would prefer that you didn't yeah yeah i mean that's more what it's like but and then at that point i'm not really gonna press it uh to me it's not really worth it um but again, I mean, I've never had that many bad situations. I think I've been very fortunate with, uh, with mm -hmm. who, I've, who I've been with. Uh, I've had a couple not so great ones, but um, I've heard of a lot of stories of guys in much, much worse situations than me. So mm -hmm. I've been very fortunate. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the super chat, Aaron. Yeah, good reminder to, to tap that like button. It helps out. Gets more eyeballs. Always appreciated. Whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. Um, or on your, your favorite podcast app, if you're listening along, you can you can tap some kind of star or a thumbs up or a favorite or something like that. Um, yeah, as a boater, I try to be pretty like I. There are certain things like the first spot that I fished on leech was like this very little tight sand drop that was like off the edge of a like boat canal, so it was very confined. Like it was like a twenty foot by ten foot spot, and yeah. I was like, let him know like. This first spot, I am absolutely going to pull in yeah. and put my rafters down and fish yeah. it. Yeah. And there was still like, where he was fishing, there absolutely could have been bass, like, yeah, yeah, in grass true. or whatever. It wasn't like yeah. he was in the abyss. He was probably yeah. in like five feet of water. He probably could have reached other stuff. But I was yeah. like, after this, we're going to be fishing rice, and you're going to have like, yeah, just as good a chance as I am like yeah. the rest of the day. Yeah. And so like, I'll just communicate like. There are certain times I'm like, hey, I'm going to pull up on this one dock, and I'm definitely going to nose in and fish this one dock really hard. But then yeah. the rest of the day, it's going to be like this. And so yeah. I just came I'm like, yeah. And they're usually very cool with that, right? And I think yeah. um, I, I'm not the kind of person that typically like pulls up to a dock, raptors down, yeah. fish, 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 move over, point in again, raptor down. I'm more like, I'm going to like, burn this thing down i'm gonna yeah. like make yeah. a ton of pitches and i'm gonna hit every sweet yeah. spot that i have but like yeah. typically i think todd when he fished with me like he was patient and he like i think he was probably throwing a senko or something and like throughout the day he kept like letting that senko sit in that high percentage spot like as we went by and and he got a couple of fish so um <clears throat> yeah but uh then that's your right man you can do really whatever you want as long as you're not like blatantly disrespectful i mean you can power pull down as much as you want and make those. I mean, that's how you efficiently fish those docks anyway. So it's not like you're hurting yourself by making it harder on your co. You're just doing what you have mm -hmm. to do. And that's kind of what all it comes down to, really. Um, how do, so like so I think what I when I fish as a co or when I get fish with a buddy, um, I, I always have the sleeves on my rods. I think that's a must. Mm -hmm. And then, like, there's probably some other companies, but the uh, the rod glove makes these little neoprene rod straps. Yeah. That if there's like a narrow one that goes on the top and a and a, a bigger one that goes on the bottom. And so, like, if I'm gonna carry five, six, eight rods, I put the sleeves on all of them, and then I wrap them with that that rod sleeve or those rod wraps. 
and I can carry eight rods like with one hand. Yeah. Like, like for transportation. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like once I'm in the boat, whether it's four rods or seven rods, yeah. like it's not a big deal mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I don't uh, think I really need a roller. It's nice to have a boat that has a strap because, like, if you're piling down Lake Pepin or going across Leech, yeah. Yeah. it's nice to be able to strap your rods because mm-hmm. you're like more concerned about holding yourself in the boat sometimes as a co. Yeah. Than, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, so most of the newer boats have some kind of a a strap, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm a big fan of these. Like, I guess these mesh ones because mm-hmm. i've had the fabric ones in the past and they just catch way too much wind so i like to put one of these in each one of my rods um and then these right here these these wraps basically you put oh this picture picture shows it better here right this is well you got one down here and then you got a narrow one at the top oh. and then you can literally just you know wrap them on your backpack or take the sleeves off and then make a knot and then wrap this and just kind of cut and like to me this yeah. is the most efficient way to haul rods in and out of boats and then and then i can like literally just like grab the bundle slide in the back of my pickup stick it in my suv put it in my car they all stay together it makes it really quick and easy yeah no that's pretty sweet that's slick right there and it doesn't 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 break the bank by any means here no. uh, six bucks <laughs> yeah. you know and then you can use use the code down on the bottom of the screen and uh yeah uh, save yourself uh even a couple more bucks so <laughs> so yeah you get yourself some rod gloves you get your bait covers and you get these rod wraps you can one hand you know eight rods at ease in and out of your vehicle and and in the boat yeah so then you got your backpack on mm-hmm. one hand on the rods and then you either got your coffee or your sandwiches or yeah. your lunch bag on the other and yep Backpack and life jacket. Yeah, or you can wear the life jacket, right? You can yeah, I do that. Yeah, yeah. When I'm like walking from wherever to the boat, I mean, I've got it all. So I mean, I've got like the life jacket on and the backpack on, and I got my rods and whatever <laughs> else in that hand. And yeah, I'm ready to go. Never had to really make two trips ever for anything. Yeah. Have you ever had a co that you were aware of that was uh, under the influence? Uh, no, I don't know. Okay. I had one that drove a little crazy. Well, not really that crazy overall, but like he like cut a, this is years, years ago. He like kind of cut a guy off and on my side. And I was like, I could have reached out and high five the guy that he cut off. Like it was, it was, it was bad, bad, bad. And sure. Very scary. I was like 14 at the time. I thought that was going to be the, be it for me. <laughs> But never, never uh, under the influence for sure. I've definitely taken some co's on some rides on the Mississippi River that they were, yeah, was an adventure for sure. Yeah. Oh. Um, But that's not like that's just from like barge and like wakes and stuff. That's not. That's just gonna happen. I mean, I've had that plenty too. But that's that's part of the game. This is a good question, Miles. yeah, I, I definitely have had conversations with co-anglers and team partners. Like, it's like, we still got to work together here. Like, yeah. um, I mean, if I got a co-angler that's super aggressive, I want to be like, I know I can't tell you not to do that. Yeah. But I can make the boat positioning so that you wish that you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Like, like let's work together. Let's 
Like you try to have a civil conversation typically, and I'd be like, hey, if, if you're gonna be like up on me, like casting like I'm gonna change how I'm positioned in the boat. And like I don't want to have to do that. Like, can you just like give me my space and I'll be respectful? I'm not typically I mean, I guess I'd say I never do this, like I'm going around a dock, but like for the most part, I'm not like pitching back, like cutting you off. So yeah. like let's let's be cognizant of what's you know, let's work together. And same with sometimes in team tournaments you get a little excited and like yeah like hey do you do you want to run the troll motor like do you uh, need to be up here like um like let's let's work together here um our chatty co-anglers annoying probably. i guess that's more of a do you, i guess do you i guess before i answer do you ever have boaters that like talk too much and you're just like yeah i mean yeah but i'm never never like anything real bad um by any means but yeah there's been a couple that that stick out that are too chatty but that doesn't affect me so much i usually right. just it's not to the point where you like said something where you're like bro yeah. we just had like 30 seconds where we don't yeah. talk <laughs> I, I, you know I've, I've i've never yeah i've never it's never gotten to that point for sure but i've had somewhere i'm like you know i feel like you could do a better job fishing if you weren't talking so much but that's never like affected me i'm, I'm gonna do my thing regardless I think there's been maybe like, I've, I've probably had hundreds of people in the back of my boat, either fun yeah. fishing or right. practice or tournaments. And I, I think maybe one or two times I'd be like, you know what, I'm all for this, but like, can we just take like 30 seconds between questions or between <laughs> topics? Like just yeah. sometimes when you're out fishing, it's just nice to hear like what's going yeah. on and like, yeah. just kind of like be subtle about it. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's uh there's a lot of guys in mark's club the prior like hook setters are f famous for that up here in minnesota um <laughs> um justin so it really depends there'll be something like there'll be certain rods that i know i'm going to use a lot and i'll put the take the rod sleeves off oh. if i'm fishing as a or as a friend or a ride along and I'll take them off and just shove them in the compartment because I know like this swim jig or this frog or whatever, this drop shot, I'm going to throw it like at least 50% of the day. But there could be rods that like I may bring situationally and be like, I might fish this for five minutes and then know that like I might not fish it again. And then sometimes I will put the sleeves back on there. But I will say only if they have a rod strap, because if they don't have a rod strap in their boat, those things do get pulled off when you're driving down the lake. Yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, no, I, I like to take them off and then they're off. Um, sometimes I don't even bring them nowadays, but I'll take them off and then put them back on at the end of the day. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take the time to take them off and then put them back on when I set it down because <laughs> I might be taking. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. But I might be taking that rod right back out. I don't even time. remember the narrows up of a million. What, what I don't I guess I don't remember was it like some boat waves or was it what was the story Todd I'm it, I think he was saying that it was really like when it was, it was super narrow like that when you ran through it or something maybe and it was like you hit a turn that probably only the Camus could hit or something and took off or I don't know I can't I don't really remember huh. exactly that's pretty interesting 
But I do know that. Did Aaron have the Camus then? I guess that was last year. I did have Camus. Hmm. Yeah. I do know that. It didn't leave an impression. Whatever it was, it didn't leave an impression on me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we came around the corner and there was a boat there that we had to like maneuver. I don't remember. Now, Greg was with me when I was in my Bass Cat and we were running late. I I misjudged how long it was going to take to get across the lake on on Mille Lacs and it was windy. And we were in some big waves and we were going right across the top of them and I had my flipping deck insert in and Greg had to catch it when it popped out oh, as we were going down the lake. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might have shortened uh, Greg and mine's spine a little bit that day. That's typically not my style and that would have been a much more comfortable rod in the Camus than it was in the basket. Uh, yeah. I'm good either way. I like a little bit like it, when it, when you don't talk at all, it's like it's a little bit awkward. But I also don't yeah. need to like talk, and I don't need to fill all the dead air. Yeah, for sure. Um, has a coingler ever asked for a lure from you? Well, I guess for first of all, have you ever asked a boater for a bait? No, I've been given one. Um, like yeah, I've been given one. I've been asked for a lure several times by my boater um but yeah i've never asked for one myself i've never had the situation where i felt like they're doing something so unique that i can't sort of replicate it and something that they're doing is like so much better than anything i could do that i felt like i needed to ask for a specific yeah there's been a few times where i've offered a coa bait yeah soft plastic or something yeah yeah and sometimes it's just to help. Sometimes I think there's like a mental block where they see you like absolutely wrecking them on like this tube craw or this one color beaver or yeah. something. They don't have any. And I think like just giving them one and getting their first fish, like sometimes it's just like, ah, oh, okay. And, and like, they just like get them yeah. off that. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other boaters are the worst co-anglers. They bring way too much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it'd be hard to make that transition. I think from, being a boater a lot and then now you got to get all your stuff in a small little compartment whatever and bring a, just a few rods yeah that could be tough I think. um ground i i like to try i least have a little talk like especially around like i like to talk beforehand i like to be like hey do you want a seat hey i've got a cooler i got to buy live wells are you bringing your life jacket like some of that stuff, give them a heads up, like, cause I try to be upfront with them, like what we're going to do. So they know how to pack. Um, and, uh, during the day, like I usually like to set expectations. Like I think we talked like, Hey, when we're in the, in the, when we're fishing for smallies, we probably, I would probably want to use the net. Um, yeah. when we're in the largemouth stuff, I'll probably just boat flip everything, right? So then it's like you kind of know the expectations. Um, you know, like, hey, let's net everything, or I'll, I'll let you know if I need the net, or, yeah. um, you know, hey, do you, you know, and then in like Bass Nation, like regionals and stuff, where a, a net's not allowed, I typically yeah. like, hey, I'm gonna land my own fish. I'll let yeah. you know if that changes. Yeah. Let me know if you need me to help your fish, but otherwise I'm I'm gonna do mine and I'm kind yeah. of like thinking like so just kinda of like you don't wanna wait to have these conversations until you got a five and a half pound run and then be like, What were you doing? You were supposed to be there and you're like, I yeah. didn't know, like, right? Like so those are the kind of things I like to talk about ahead of time. Um 
otherwise it usually works the rest of it works itself out for the most part um I like to give them kind of a layout of the day, like, hey, I plan to do top water in the morning for smallies, then we're going to go into the slop for largemouth, and just so they can kind of like, okay, it helps them understand, like, if I'm catching them in the morning doing X, they already know that, like, at some point we're going to do Y and Z, so they're maybe not, they're a little more at rest, so like, oh, not a big deal, I, I couldn't reach these fish on a spook in the morning, yeah. I'll catch my fish when we go fish docks or when we go flip pads or, or whatever, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, I think local clubs are always a good idea, John. There, there is so much value at such a low investment, yeah, yep. of dollars that I think mixing in as a local club. Plus, you're just building out your network. It's a good way to meet like fishing buddies that you can just hang out with. So, yeah. um, I think you can do both. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think like you could start off with the BFLs, but I mean, just go into it thinking like, all right, I'm just going to do this to learn. I'm not going to have massive expectations. And I mean, when you're starting out, you should be like that anyway. But um, I should, I, I, yeah, I would definitely say to start with the, the local clubs and just kind of work your way up. Um, and I would also say like, don't try to jump up crazy high levels unless you are doing really well where you're at. Um, you see a lot of people try to jump and maybe they'll go from being a co to a boater or they're, a boater and they try to fish bigger stuff and they try to jump up but they haven't really kind of proved themselves at the stage before that so i would say to uh to definitely take your time and and just mm -hmm. be there to learn especially from the co-anglers perspective yeah uh matt robertson i don't believe ever won he won the team or did he win the bass nation well that was as a boater um, but the, there was a guy the first year they changed the format. I want to say it was Jamie Lacey from Louisiana, one on Conroe as a non-boater, but he was a boater. Like it wasn't like he wasn't in Kaysen's position where he's never really owned a boat, never really fished as a boater. Yeah. He went to their state tournament, fished as a boater, the way they qualified, like the top ten guys went as boaters and the next ten finishers went as non-boaters. So he was an a boater that qualified as a non-boater and then it, it kind of worked out for him yeah. um so um i don't know that i've ever had a co-angler ask to see the 360 or my live they yeah. typically just want like a map and a sonar yeah. now when i'm when i'm in a team scenario when i'm practicing with a buddy uh when i'm out fun fishing i almost always put my 360 on for the guy in the back um in a draw tournament, I don't typically do that yeah. unless it's like <laughs> if I've already got like 19 pounds and they have yeah. like two 12 inches and I'm like, yeah. just like, but like, I'm not typically going to start the day with the 360 on, yeah. especially if it's like somebody like Kaysen in the back who is like a known assassin. I'm not going <laughs> to like, I'm not going to like completely shut my grass off. I'll probably give him a map in 2D, but I'm not going to give him anything extra, if that makes sense. Yeah that that's that's fair for sure um most co's i don't think would feel comfortable knowing what the cost of replacing an og gen 1 vixen yeah. would be so um, i yeah i would not be <laughs> i would not use that even if you wanted me to i'd be like yeah it's so we're good no it's still they didn't change the, the co-anglers still have the chance to move over 
on the Bass Nation side the final day. So the the non-boater champion moves over to the boater side still. So that still can happen. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think you got to be, this is like, it's all on a case-by-case -case scenario. Um, and I think you have to look at, there's a statue of limitations. If, if Miles, if you drew me on leech, and you know, and I showed you, we fished this reed point, and we caught fish out of it. If I was fishing a tournament there next weekend, or you know, in the next month or so, I sure as heck better not see you like in on you know. But I mean, but if it's like four years from now, like you know, whatever, right? Like, but like, I think, I think, yeah, and I think you have to understand, like, is the person. Are you fishing against this person in that next tournament? Because I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, if you know, um, so I think you just all have to like look at the total like scenario of like it, when you learn stuff as a co-angler, I don't think it's fair to say that you should never go back to any place a boater has ever taken you. But if that boater's in the next tournament that you're in, you shouldn't be bringing your next partner there. Um, yeah. you know, um, you shouldn't be going around and showing all your friends all the time, but like, if you need to use it in a future tournament that they're not in and it's down the road, then, you know, if you want to check it, that's, I think that's fair game. Um, yeah, I mean, I had things the first time I fished leech in 2008, uh, my buddy and I, Dave Ham, were, sh we had found this rice patch and boy in our club tournament which we used to fish, you know, the club tournaments early in the year. So in like August, or maybe it was the August the year before. And uh, we, we, we agreed upon, we both knew about this rice. We both knew how good it could be. And we basically agreed that like, hey, Dave, you know, we kind of talked about what our game plan was. I'm like, hey, I'm going to fish West day one. Dave, how do you feel about taking the that rice patch day one? And then we'll swap and I'll go fish my East stuff. And then, right, and then we worked on that. So... I show up day two, and Dave's non-boater is Ooh. already there with his partner, and his dad, who was a boater, was already there on day two. That's not cool. No, it is not. That is not okay. No, I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that happen. I've seen it happen recently. Um, yeah, it always uh, it always kind of blows my mind sometimes when you see some of those situations, for sure. Yeah, I think you really have to understand, like, you know, if 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 the person that showed it to you is in the tournament, I think you got to really think long and hard about coming in on that spot. Yeah. And, you know, so. Unless they tell you you can. That's happened to me. That happened to me sure. on day one and on Leech. That my boater, super great guy, he told me, you want to come back here tomorrow, you can. Be my guest. You caught him. You're in contention. I'm not. And it was a big area. There was no one else in there, and he was like, two boats is there's more than enough room for two boats." And and we we went in there, and I caught a few of my fish in that same little area that day. Um, yeah, but yeah, so this is no actually a different story. Yeah, yeah. So, fast forward to 2013, roughly. That guy's dad, who was on that spot, I drew him in a boater boater situation in Winona. We have the discussion because it's a boater boater situation. We both have the right to four hours. This was back when it was a true draw. Yeah. 
and we talked about it and he's like i only fished pool six i'm on fish but there's not much size <clears throat> and i said if you I was like, I'm on good fish in 5A. We'll both catch them. Let me take my boat. We'll both catch them. We went up. We caught them. Showed them a couple good areas. I told him I expected him not to see him up there the next day. Oh. Now, mind you, his boat had never been in that pool before that day. We both caught him pretty good. We were both pretty even. We both had like... 15 pounds. Um, day two, he went up, fished an area that I had given to my dad because I was going to concentrate on this other area. And he went up there to my fish, caught him well enough that he won the state tournament off my fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You hear that, which is crazy because, I mean, yeah, I don't know, because there's no, like, real hard and fast rule about that, right? Like, but there should Honestly, I should have protested him in hindsight. Yeah. There definitely would have been. I was just so mad and just, like... Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah. I've seen that go down a, this year. I mean, I wouldn't have won. I finished, like, third or fourth. So it yeah. really didn't matter. I made the team. And actually, I ended up going to nationals from that regional, but... Um, yeah, that's just, that stuff is just like hard to swallow and just, yeah. that's the stuff that drives you crazy. And oh, it, it okay. is typically it is, it, it is pretty rare yeah. and it's a couple of, of bad eggs. Um, yeah. so and, yeah, and now that point. we have gotten away from the draw where it's not co and now that it's a more pro-am boater co, I see a lot less of that okay. back when we had more boater boater draws, that was much, uh, Very interesting dynamic those days where I'm sure just dealing with that. So, yeah, anyways, um, any, and do you have any good stories or any interesting stories of interesting boaters or interesting things or, yeah. I don't know, like, yeah. Um, you nothing ever super crazy. You talked about your crazy boat ride where you thought that you were going to be done at 14 as a, oh, yeah, as a person. Yeah. That was one of them. Yeah. And that was like right away in the morning too. It was like the first like 15 minutes. So it really set the tone for the rest of the day. But uh, I had that um, a couple of years ago. I fished a tournament with a guy who uh, was just, it was a big tournament and I was excited about it. It was on a very famous and historic body of water around here that I'd never been to. And I was really excited about it. And, uh, he told me at when at the meeting when we were drawing together that he's like, listen, I don't care um, about this tournament. I'm done. I'm too old, he said, and he didn't want to even try. And he didn't even want me to tell him where to go. He just was like, I just want to go fishing and, and just have a good time. And we just kind of putzed around all day and we were never, both of us zeroed. We it never really felt like we were anywhere near the fish. And then we finally make one run where I think he's going to like, all right, let's go like to some decent fish and we're running down the lake and he puts down and uh, he's like, Oh look, it's a, it's a salmon boat. And it looks like they're catching one. And it's like the middle of the day in this really big tournament. And we sit there and watch this guy reel in a salmon for like 15 minutes. 
and he goes, wow, that was cool. And, uh, and you're we, like in 80 feet of water. Yeah. This just yeah, like, yeah. you're like, I could drop a drop shot over, yeah. but I don't know. What, yeah. Like... yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that was probably, probably the worst one I've had, but it's not like he was a bad guy or anything. He just, uh, like he was at the end of his season yeah. or the end like you know i'm done with yeah. tournaments i'm just yeah i'm out here for fun like i don't want any pressure like but i don't know what his idea of fun was because not getting a bite in eight hours is not fun in my opinion <laughs> but yeah never never anything too too crazy bad most 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 stories i have are, are positive i mean just having having a good time with people and, and learning a lot which um very fortunate because heard definitely heard of a lot of people that have had um definitely more negative stories than positive yeah that was it was the end of our day was pretty fun right like oh god i was yeah. pretty i mean basically because we the, it was interesting because at our tournament we could see the live score tracker, yeah. right yeah. and like we needed to get it was, it was a decent run it wasn't anything crazy but with no wake zones we had to like make sure we were yeah. kind of back on the main river right and so yeah. I wasn't fishing super hard at the end of the day because I, based on what I had, the chances of me catching a, whatever, a two and a half to three pounder in the main river yeah. based on how the river was fishing was not yeah. great. Yeah. But I definitely tried to pull in a couple areas because I think you only had three fish at that time, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, literally, like last cast, I'm like, last cast, I'm pulling up the trolling motor. I think, I think the trolling motor was like in my hand up. Yeah. And you're like, there's one. And like before I could even like, get the net he like swings in like a, I don't know, a two something pound smallmouth yeah yeah but that was literally and then like because it was live catch way release we had to work together like <laughs> i like had to like but we put our life jackets on and we're like moving yeah. towards the ramp and like fast idling or maybe barely on plane i, I think we were barely on plane trying to yeah. like weigh it i don't remember it was yeah, crazy like life jackets <laughs> on sitting down i was weighing it and like it wasn't like locking and like i was like looking at the, the time on your on your graph and it was like 258 and i was like oh my god i'm not gonna get this fish in the app and it finally like locked the app shuts off at three like yeah. it literally shuts off so you can't yeah. we can't like run in and then log the fish because you can't yeah. log it until after yeah. that and so it was kind of yeah. and like and also we couldn't just sit there and like not be yeah. moving because we had to get like to get the way in it was pretty crazy yeah. yeah i remember it went in the app at 259 like, because once you lock the scale yeah. and I verified it, then yeah. I like, yeah, yeah, we were probably going yeah, like we're 40 or 50 at that point. Yeah, and you're we're like taking a yeah. picture as we're like going 40, <laughs> and then you had to like drop it into the boat, and he's like, <laughs> it was yeah. pretty crazy. That was that was one of the more epic fish catches I've had for sure. That was a good yeah, time. That was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, um, I've never had a co angler accidentally. Or vice versa. But in my old Aries, like fish that were less than 13 inches could definitely get around the divider, either over it or under it. Like, so I definitely had scenarios where, um, but that's why to have any kind of scenario like that, I typically like to use a cult egg. Um, now I have had scenarios where like to balance out the fish in the live well, I've been like, hey, I'm going to tag this fish and I'm going to put this obvious five pounder that's not yeah. yours with a call tag on your yeah. side, just so like, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, the fish have more room to like move around and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I've had that before too. Yeah. 
never never That's on a great feeling as a co when you're like well since you're not using it and you don't you have like three 12 inches i'm just gonna put this giant five and a half pounder in your side yeah well i've asked that before and no one's ever said no but yeah because it's yeah it is a good idea just to spread them out you don't want to have a bunch of big ones on one side and yeah yeah i assume you've seen the the poche open video from toledo ben Yes, I, I'm. Very Would you be down? You'd be like, "Let's go, Keith," or like you'd be like, uh... "I think with him, I would." Yeah, I think that would be like a moment, like a kind of like a moment you never forget, kind of thing. So with, with somebody like that, um, yeah, I mean, just being on, a, on an episode of of his doing that kind of stuff would just be sure. just legendary. So it depends on who it is. Like if it's just yeah. like some <laughs> guy you've never heard of, and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna jump this," you're like, "Yeah." Because I know he knows what he's doing too. I mean, like he's a legend and he knows what he's doing. So it's like, all right, I, I feel pretty comfortable, especially in that rig he's got. I mean, yeah. but if, I, if it's just some random dude, and I mean, obviously I'm not going to tell him no. I'm the co-angler. I'm going to go with him. But I'd be a lot happier. You might ask him. some questions like, "Have you done yeah. this before? Yeah. Did you try this yeah. in practice? Like, what yeah. is your confidence level?" Right. Yeah. Exactly. But. I wouldn't be super happy about it if I didn't know who it was, but if it was Keith, I'd be like, oh, let's let's go for it. Caden, um, most all the draw tournaments that are Pro-Am yeah. now have specific rules that the Coes cannot fish off the front and the boaters can't fish off the back. Yeah. And they do that for basically integrity of, like, if I let Kaysen fish off my front deck, but... Joe doesn't let Bob fish off his front deck. Bob's at a big disadvantage to case it. So yeah. they basically do that so that like certain co's don't get a bigger advantage or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oof. Wow. So I think you would say drop shot based. That'd be number one of them, right? Yeah. Drop shot, Ned rig. Um, yeah. Then like a Nico wacky rig. I mean, I know it's, not very uh glamorous um but uh you know and especially if you've got a boater that's up there power fishing um and you can you can finesse them and you're comfortable with it in my opinion that's the best way to go um but again if you're in a different situation and if you're up shallow power fishing you don't have that luxury um you might have to approach it a little bit different but um yeah i i think when you can i think um in these big tournaments and there's a lot of boats um you're fishing right behind somebody who's more often than not very good at what they're doing um mm -hmm. i think you need to to finesse them as much as you can in my opinion typical army guy always one brings it down to the lowest common denominator um... <laughs> my worst um well yeah well you can go first but i was i i have one I've never had one as a co, but there, there's only been one time fishing the Champs Tour Championship on Bokegama. I had to absolutely use the talons on the uh, <clears throat> the Bascat and do a mid-bay stop. Yeah. But Yeah, yeah um, I've never... Uh, when, there was one guy that when we were... It was actually funny enough, it's the same guy I just told the story about not caring, but he was like <laughs> super, super adamant about me using the bathroom in a in a bottle and did not want me going over the side um, number one number one yes <laughs> yes number one um which struck me as very odd um 
being that it was calm. Like he said it because it was a big body of water, but it was a calm day. And I mean, I'm not super clumsy. I can, I can handle it myself, but he did not. And he said it a couple times. It was very, very against me going number one off the side. Um, but yeah, no number two, no, no funny number two stories for me at least. Uh, Todd seems to think that you have a four pounder story. Oh gosh. Yeah. Jeez. I, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, uh, last year, day one of Lamadu, the Bass State tournament, I caught a four pound 397, um, while I was going to the bathroom. Um, yeah, Take it, a leak. it was part, yes, it was part of, it's part of my whole trying to make as many casts as I right. can. I just trying to dead stick to, that net rig and all of a sudden yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. it's like, do I wait? Do I like, yeah. when do I set? Like, yeah. yeah. But I had it in my, a lot of times I'll just set it down and go, but this time I had it in my right hand and right. that thing went doop. And I was like, oh, I know what that is. And, and I hit him while I was still going and then tried to just keep tension while I, you know, wrapped up whatever I was doing. Try not to have that awkward net moment with your boater. Yeah. Yeah. I was still facing back when that happened. And then I made sure everything was Are you like reel it up and just like try to. Yeah. yeah. And then that's kind of, yeah. I mean, it was, it was just super awkward and I was very, very lucky to get that fish in. All right. Casey, I'm going to give you solo layout on this question and I'm going to be back in uh, in a minute. All right. Let's see. Basically say you'd be versus the co. Um, I've never had anyone get mad at me for using any certain bait. Um, I'm not a big swim bait guy, really. Um, never gone out there and thrown like a mag draft or anything, really. Um, but the worst bait, I don't know if there really is a worst bait you could throw. Um, I mean, if you're in a situation where you should be if you got really clear water and it's more of a finesse situation you're throwing like a big jig i don't think that's the best thing you could be doing but i don't know if you could really say like if there are any like worse baits you could throw um, yeah something really crazy big maybe if they're not really biting that very well maybe but a big part of being a co is going through a lot of baits and kind of seeing what's working. So, I mean, I don't think there's necessarily anything that would be bad to throw. I think you can, you can kind of just filter through a lot of things and maybe you'll find out on that day, something's maybe the worst to throw, but um, I don't think there's not one thing that jumps out to me that would be kind of off limits that you shouldn't, shouldn't try. I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in trying a lot of things and trying to get something to stick. For sure. Trying to think though, if anything else. Worst. You didn't let there be too much silence, did you? No. <laughs> Try not to. I almost did though. Trying to think. He's trying what... to come up with creative ways to ask about big baits and swim baits. Yeah. Is that just asking what your favorite big swim bait or you ever throw glad he's kind yeah. of come up with popular ways to get his swim bait question in? Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, I would imagine the opens have that same rule. I don't yeah. know for sure, Probably. but I think they do. Best state fair food. Oh. And where could I find you? 
Do you work yeah. the state fair? Uh, no. Um, I, I'll be going, though. I'll be there a couple times, I bet. The best food, though? Um, gosh. I mean, I'm a, I am like the gator that they have, actually. I think that's kind of cool. I, I like... I've never, I've never tried the gator. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I just... I like trying weird and crazy and different things. Uh, and I thought that actually tasted pretty good. Um, have you had the scotch egg? You know, I haven't had that one, but... I'll put that it's on the list. Decent. Yeah. Okay. It's like a hard-boiled egg coated in a skin of sausage and then deep fried. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, that's cool. I'll definitely be there, though, wandering around. Yeah, I like the fair. It's a good time. I went last year for the first time in a long time with my daughters. Wow. And uh, we went to the Dakota County Fair this past weekend, which is, okay. it wasn't as good as I remember it. Like the cheese curds are pretty good, but the rest of the stuff was pretty mid. The 4-H shake was good, but like my corn dog, my prano pup, my cookies, my, a lot of that stuff just wasn't on par, so. Disappointing. <laughs> I hope the state fair is up to it again. Last year was pretty good, I think, so. Yeah, I went on like Hopefully a Saturday or Sunday. farther was... off COVID will be good wildly busy the day we went like it was yeah, just like yeah, yeah. crazy yeah but definitely sweet martha's is pretty solid yeah i was gonna say that i didn't want to be super generic i tried to think of something that was a little bit off the wall but sweet martha's is phenomenal <laughs> trying to think is there anything else co that we didn't cover Yeah, well, a lot of good, good nuggets. <clears throat> Are you a big like? Do you like the pink worms ever? Do you do you throw the the margarita mutilator? Really. Like that's a lot of Coe's things. That's something you. No, uh, I like I I generally just I like to go as natural as I can, um, especially on these clear water lakes. We fish a lot, um, but I'll throw like a morning dawn every once in a while, especially sure. like yep. on a on a smallmouth on a bed or something. They'll just go crazy for that, but um yeah generally i'm more of a uh of a natural guy i don't even throw black and blue all that much honestly anymore i still do situationally but 90 percent of the time i'm throwing green pumpkin and stuff like that doesn't matter what color it is as long as it's green pumpkin yeah yeah exactly exactly i don't know that i've ever had any i hear about this more often I've had some close calls, but I can't think of like a really bad net job that cost me. I don't know about you. I've never had one. Um, no, not really. I've, yeah. People are usually pretty good. And that's only when I'm throwing like spinning rod stuff. If I'm throwing bait casting stuff, I'm boat flipping like 99% of the time anyway. Yeah. Um, unless I'll be honest. Cool. I am not the best net man. I don't, I need more reps. Like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it takes some practice for sure. It's not like you're just gonna start doing. You know it. enough not to like stab them and tomahawk them, but like I'm mean, yeah. not like the most smooth. Um... Yeah. What's up, DT? DT two. All right. Well, we're at about two hours. I feel like we've covered ground. It feels like the chat has hit a natural stopping point here. Appreciate Sweet. you coming on, Kason. Yeah, you guys came in late. Um, I think there were some good nuggets here tonight. Check out the replay on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Search Hellabass. 
I don't know. Anything else you want people following you anywhere or Instagram or. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of just started my Instagram like a couple months, like a month and a half ago. I've been, um, most of my life I'm pretty like anti-social media. Uh, but I just started one that I like to, uh, to post more of my fishing stuff on. So if you go to Kason, C-A-S-O-N dot hires, uh, H-I-E-R-S dot fishing. So Kason dot hires dot fishing. Uh, I'm starting to post a lot on there and, kind of some of my recent stuff I've been doing. So yeah, if you want to check me out at all there, I'm kind of want to start like get going on some YouTube stuff. I've got a lot of videos made and stuff. I just haven't actually posted any of it yet. So it's super yeah. easy. I highly yeah. recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I just like talking about fishing, man. Yeah. You, you've got all this stuff going on and I'm, I know you're working hard and all that. So it's awesome. It's kind of want to appreciate it. A little bit. Yeah um thanks everybody good questions tonight as always uh i don't know what next week we'll figure it out we're going to be pretty soon we're going to be in high school soccer and middle school volleyball and all kinds of things and that's that's honestly like my editing is behind because my daughter's about to try uh eighth grade volleyball for the first time and she's been asking me to like go out and pepper with her at night so i was like there you go she's probably not going to ask me that forever so like i just been trying to go out and spend more time with her and and hit the volleyball around and so but we'll get this river video edited pretty soon and we'll see uh Kason and I's adventure on the, uh, the Mississippi River here pretty soon. Yeah, great. I'm looking forward to that um, one. But uh, as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.